Hey y'all, it's Janice. Welcome to the Dirty Diversity Podcast. This is a place where we will be exploring equity, racism, and diversity. I am a DEI consultant, educator, writer, and professor who strives to center my work around the liberation of Black folks globally. More specifically, I examine and unpack how we can create structures that support the most marginalized folks in the workplace. This is a podcast where I will share my thoughts on all things diversity, equity, inclusion, racism, anti-racism, and Black liberation. My goal is to stimulate your mind and shift you to think in a way that you've never considered before. This podcast will feature my thoughts as well as the perspectives of different folks doing related work. If you want to learn more, pick up my best-selling books, Dirty Diversity and The Pink Elephant, where I explore workplace equity in more detail. Thank you for listening. Hey, y'all. Jay Nice on the mic, back with another episode of the Dirty Diversity podcast. So this is the last episode that I'll be recording on this particular device. So next week's episode should be back to our regularly scheduled programming. So I wanted to talk with y'all about this article that I wrote about chat GPT. And I don't think that I've talked about chat GPT on this platform, but I've written about it. And I actually have a really exciting panel discussion that I did on chat GPT, but I can't share. I hate that a lot of these companies are like so secretive, can't share certain things. So I have to wait until the content drops. But in March, I did, I had a conversation about chat GPT and just about like AI and technology. So one thing that a lot of y'all may not know is aside from anti-racism and conversations about systemic racism and social inequities, I love technology. I would consider myself a futurist. I'm all about AI, technology. I think I'm usually on board when technology comes out. And I'd been hearing about ChatGPT since December. I think the end of December 2022 is when I first started hearing about it. And I was seeing people post about it on LinkedIn. And I asked all my friends and none of them knew like what it even was. And then in January, the end of January, I wrote an article, which I'll link in the show notes about the darker sides of chat GPT when I started to like do research on it. And so some of you who've watched my first TED talk may know that I talked about technology and AI in my first TED talk, which (laughs) my first TED talk, I... Not to make excuses, I don't think it's my best work, but it is what it is. I talked about artificial intelligence and emotional intelligence and how AI impacts our ability to connect with others. And I talked about this popular incident that happened with the Target customer in Minnesota where they the AI was able to predict that this man's daughter was pregnant before the man knew and possibly before the girl knew herself. So 
I say all that to say I'm a big technology advocate and I hopefully actually by the time this episode drops the project that I did or that I've been working on will be available for viewing so we shall see but I really wanted to talk about this article that I wrote which is on how chat GPT can actually improve racial disparities in healthcare. So I think I'll do more of these chat GPT discussions because I'm really intrigued with seeing how chat GPT will impact our world. Some of you may know that, and I've shared this on the podcast before, that almost a year ago, I left my job in academia. I'd been teaching in academia for over seven years, and I left my job as a professor to focus 100% and full-time on my consultancy, right? I started my diversity, equity, and inclusion consultancy in 2018. It's been almost five years, and I've been running that simultaneously full-time while teaching full-time, and it started to become a lot, and I started to feel like I couldn't make as much of an impact as a professor as I could in my business, so I focused decided to focus full-time on my business. So I say all that to say, if your organization is looking for a consultant to help you navigate company policies and practices and reviewing companies and, excuse me, company policies and practices to make sure that they're equitable, reach out to me at Janice at BWGBusinessSolutions.com. It's also in the show notes. And If you are looking for a workshop facilitator to educate a team at your organization or your institution about topics related to equity, reach out to me as well. And if you're looking for someone to analyze your systems and structures to see how white-centered they are and how to make your systems more inclusive to people from underrepresented racial groups, holla at me, right? But I'm really interested in seeing how technology and particularly generative AI will impact the space of DEI, right? And so I saw someone post on LinkedIn this article, this research that was just done. It's been like maybe two week, a week, two weeks since the research was published, but that's what today's episode is going to focus on. I forgot to mention that if you have any questions related to workplace equity, send me an email and I'll answer your question live on the air. It's almost like an Ask Dr. Janice type of thing, but reach out to me via email at askdrjnice at gmail.com. Any questions that you have and I'll answer it live on the air. So it's like free consulting that I do as well. So back to this article, right? So the research that they did was super fascinating, y'all. They did, some researchers did this study where they looked at chat GPT, right? So essentially what the researchers did was that they looked online at online forums where people write to doctors to ask them questions, right? People, I guess, read it and there was another uh, online forum that they used to analyze responses, right? So people will write in to these forums and say, I have an issue with XYZ. And physicians and licensed healthcare professionals are supposed to answer the inquiries that patients have on these online forums. And what researchers did was that they looked at the quality 
of the responses and they looked at how empathetic they felt the responses were. And I believe that they rated empathy on a one to five Likert scale. So not empathetic at all to very empathetic. And unsurprisingly, but kind of surprising, what researchers found was that I think something like 78% of the licensed healthcare professionals that evaluated the responses that were generated by ChatGPT rated them as higher quality responses to the patient's issues, as well as more empathetic, right? So the quality and empathy levels were statistically significant, right? So it wasn't that like these were small results. These were statistically significant results that were found. So essentially, the majority of responses that were generated by ChatGPT were better in quality, right? So I guess they addressed the patient's issue and provided better explanations, and they were more empathetic, right? And so when I read that, I was like, someone just posted it on my LinkedIn feed, and I was like, yo, my immediate thought went to empathy, right? And how there is a racial empathy gap in healthcare where essentially healthcare providers feel like black patients feel less pain, black patients are less likely to be prescribed with curative treatment and with pain medication. And there were a number of studies I cited in the article that I wrote, but I just find this to be super fascinating, right? And so what I started to think about is like how chat GPT and, and generative AI systems can actually be used to close these racial disparities, right? And so if we utilize chat GPT, what's so fascinating is that black patients and patients from racially marginalized backgrounds, right? Hispanic patients and Latin American patients, we could address the language barriers, right? Because there are cultural and language barriers that affect the quality of treatment that Latin American patients and Latin A patients receive from healthcare providers. What's interesting, and one thing I didn't know that I found out while writing this article, is that ChatGPT actually translates into 50 different languages so far. So if there is a Latin American patient that doesn't speak English that has a particular issue, they could, instead of going to a doctor, they could just go to a generative AI system and ask the system questions. And based on the research, it seems like the system might address their issue better than an actual physician, right? And it's, I struggled with whether or not to write this article because my partner is in healthcare, right? My partner is has been in healthcare for over a decade. And I almost felt like I was taking shots at my partner's profession, but I'm not. But it's also really interesting to see how chat GPT is changing, not just healthcare, but different professions, right? So I told y'all earlier in the episode that I left my job as a professor, but I'm glad that I left when I did because seeing how ChatGPT is impacting the classroom is something that I don't know how I would have dealt with, right? So students are using ChatGPT to write papers. I would assign papers a lot in my classes. And so students are using ChatGPT to write papers. And I also have read that professors are using ChatGPT maybe to 
grade assignments and that would be amazing because I can only imagine the amount of time that would shave off of grading assignments but I just feel like it would make things really difficult especially in my graduate courses where I was doing a lot of grading but I think it's really interesting for us and it's important and imperative for us to interrogate and assess the ways that technology can be used to improve, mitigate, and, and address biases in our systems and structures, right? I know that there are many folks, many of y'all listening who may not be technology enthusiasts. I actually just read an article that someone that I'm connected with on LinkedIn posted about how technology and AI can actually further exacerbate our capitalist systems, right? And it was a very poignant and well-written article. I think it was from The New Yorker. I'll post it in, I'll try to find it and post it in the show notes. Because when I read really interesting stuff on LinkedIn, I try to save it so I can refer back to it. But I actually think what's better, what's a better way for us to think about is how we can work collaboratively and collectively with these systems to improve outcomes and to improve our lives and close inequities, right? Because we have to be realistic. We can't put the genie back in the bottle. We cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube. AI is here to stay, right? And it's not realistic for us to think that it's going to go away. I've been seeing headlines about how some very famous AI researcher and scientist has warned about AI and has said that there are a lot, there will be a lot of problems with the pace and the speed at which AI is rapidly sort of changing, right? And evolving, that's a better word. I know that I read something about Elon Musk also saying something of the sort, which is ironic given his background and his position, right? But I think that it's personally, I don't think it's realistic to think that AI will, we could, how do I say this? I don't think it's realistic to think that we can stop the pace at which it's evolving. I think that as humans, we need to evolve with technology. We need to evolve with these systems and with these structures. And I think that it's imperative that we look at and think about how these systems and structures can be used by those of us in the field, in the anti-oppression space, in the field of workplace equity, thinking about how we can use these systems to close gaps, racial disparities, and also how to address the inherent biases in these AI systems, right? One really great book that I read is called Algorithms of Oppression really great book, I think from like 10 years ago, that was so ahead of its time. And the author talked about all the ways that our algorithms are biased, particularly like from the lens of Google, when you search for terms, you know, I I guess the debate is whether these search engines and these AI systems are biased or whether they're just reflecting biases within society. And I think that it's important to understand that we are all inherently biased And these systems are just reflecting the bias that's already present within each individual and particularly the people that are programming these systems. Earlier this week, y'all, I posted this photo of or rather a series of photos 
of myself. So Canva, I just learned Canva has an AI tool that you can use to like change your outfit. I saw someone that I'm connected with on Instagram use Canva. She was wearing like a cute little like club outfit. I think her stomach was out and it was like a short dress and she used the magic eraser tool on Canva to erase her outfit and put a suit on herself. So I was like, yo, this is lit. I'm not a fan of like the Lenza and all of those types of AI generating art systems, particularly because I saw this really good video by this YouTuber I follow, Cat Black, who she's an artist and she talked about how as an artist, AI is really going to negatively impact artists because people are stealing art, people are using AI to generate professional headshots. How is that going to impact professional photographers and folks like that? So I've been thinking about things like that. And when I saw her use the AI tool in Canva, because my photos are already in Canva, many of us who use Canva, we already have photos in there because I use Canva to create flyers and I do a lot of things with Canva. So I was like, rather than like programming a system to generate images for me, which I don't like that, my images are already in Canva. So let me just see. So I wanted to see how AI would work to change my hairstyle. And unsurprisingly, AI does not do a good job, at least Canva's AI. Let me correct myself because somebody came under my post and was like, um, this is not reflective of all AI systems. So let me say Canva's AI system currently isn't doesn't do the best job at generating black hairstyles, right? So I told the system to, I had an afro in one of my headshots that I recently took and I erased the afro when I told AI to put straight hair on me. It looked wild. It looked funny and not in a good way. It looked weird. So AI, and then I told the AI system, give me braids, give me dreadlocks. And the dreadlocks that it gave me were like these green raggedy looking dreadlocks it was weird and then the braids that it gave me y'all gotta see i posted it on my instagram as a reel and on my linkedin so i'll link to those in the show notes but it was just weird right and so i think that that ai doesn't do the best job with at least currently with black hairstyles but i know that over time it will change and it will evolve. But it's important for us to think about and look at the ways that these AI systems that we love to use are biased, right? Or perpetuate and exacerbate biases. And I think that thinking about how AI will impact professional photographers is important. They are creators. They make their bread and butter from taking pictures. And, but also like, For many people, getting professional headshots done is not accessible, right? You're paying upwards of three, four hundred dollars for a professional headshot. And what I like about AI is that it's closing that barrier and it's giving people access to tools that they wouldn't have otherwise had access to because of their funds or socioeconomic status. So that's one thing that I'm really excited about. I think it's important for all of us to be thinking about how we can use the tools that are readily available to us to close gaps within society. One thing that I do expect to see and that I think is the darker side of just living in a capitalist society is that I don't believe that chat GPT and these generative AI systems will be free forever. 
But I can imagine that at some point, ChatGPT will no longer be free. I know there's a paid version. There is a desktop plugin, I believe, that you can utilize and you could pay for a monthly subscription and get access to, to more functions through OpenAI. But there's currently like the free version, which a lot of folks use, right? I'm just curious. Now my mind is like the wheels are spinning for all of the studies that I could do with ChatGPT and all of the things that I could do. And I'm just like, my, my mind is, my wheels are spinning, right? And so now I, I, I kind of want to, now I'm, I'm curious, right? I have, I have now I'm, I'm thinking about like hair and hair discrimination and how can I use chat GPT to examine that? And this is really interesting, but I, I wanted to record this episode to just encourage us all to be thinking about the not just the inherent biases within these AI systems, but how we can use these AI tools to close gaps and to close racial disparities. And what are the ways, like the possibilities are endless. And I think that rather than shying away from the evolution of these tools, I think it's important to both embrace it and figure out how to create guardrails and safeguards and legislation so that the technology is not used in nefarious ways. So I would love to hear what y'all think, what y'all have to say. Check out my LinkedIn post and my Instagram post about the hairstyles and the Canva AI tool, but send me an email to share your thoughts or if you have any questions that you want me to answer live on the podcast. Again, that email address is askdrjnice at gmail.com. But that is where I'm going to leave off today's episode. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. And I will check y'all out in the next episode.